Welcome back to another episode of Murder Mondays with me, your host, Nicole Simmons. A 35-year-old woman has been convicted in the death and decapitation of her longtime boyfriend. Mandy Lenore Smith was found guilty of murder and desecration of human remains. Smith's boyfriend, John Henry Mayers of Chapin, South Carolina, was reported missing by his family on May 11, 2011. After investigators questioned Smith and her friend, Timothy Wise, she fled and was tracked down at her mother's house in Greenville on May 25th. Newberry County investigators said Wise took them to the decapitated body of Mayers on May 25th, deep in the Sumter National Forest area of Whitmire. Wise told investigators that Smith shot Mayers. Investigators said Smith initially confessed to shooting Mayers while Wise was present. She said she did it in self-defense, but later she recanted. At the time of the arrest in 2011, Sheriff Lee Foster said despite a restraining order that Smith had against Mayers, her boyfriend of 20 years, she contacted him to meet her and Wise in a secluded area. Foster said the freesome drank until an argument started between Smith and Mayers. Foster said Smith shot Mayers once in the chest and she chased him into the woods and shot him the second time in the chest, killing him. Smith and Wise admitted later going back to the scene of the shooting two days later and removing Mayers' head, placing it in a five-gallon bucket and throwing it off a bridge into the Ennery River. It was later recovered by the Newberry County Dive Squad. Smith was sentenced to 50 years in prison. Wise was charged with murder and desecration. So you are the daughter of John Henry Mayers. Mm-hmm. I am the oldest. The oldest. And how many kids did he have? He had four. Two girls, two boys. Okay. And where was he born and raised? Born in Newberry County, raised in Chapin. About three miles down the road here. What was your dad like? As a kid, I always had the opportunity to see my dad, no matter what habits he had. You know, everybody has a strange habit. So he had that habit. He still went to work, and I basically lived in my grandparents' house, which is his parents, so he was there. They had us at a very young age, you know, him and my mother, so my grandparents on his side took majority care of us. We were a very tight family. My dad was loving everybody in the neighborhood, basically was kin to us. From my great-grandmother's house all the way back to my Aunt Maxine's probably, you know, acres and acres. We were just family. We'd go to work and he'd work when he could. And, you know, sometimes he didn't work. But he was a loving guy and he loved to cook. Oh, man, he had the best meals ever. Uh, yeah, you sent me a picture of him cooking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was his thing, you know. So everybody loved him. If you met him, it was definitely an experience. And I can't say too many people who met him had a bad one. So what was your favorite meal of his that he cooked? Um, Beef and rice, stew beef and rice, macaroni and cheese, cabbage and cornbread. We would have that every other Sunday. He would cook big old Sunday dinner. We probably can feed the neighborhood off of it. It was just everybody knew he was known for his macaroni everywhere, a lot of places in Chapin. So, yeah, that was the best one. I'm starving. Mm. 
That sounds so good. (laughs) If you've always lived in Chapin? Well, I moved out for a couple of years after my divorce, and I recently just moved back. So, yeah, I was born and raised here. Went to Chapin High School, Chapin Middle, the original Chapin Elementary. You've seen this place grow. Mm Mm-hmm. Definitely. A little too much. Amazing how big it's gotten (laughs) compared to what it was back then. I wish it would kind of slow down. Yeah. (laughs) But it's okay, though. You know, it's, it's, it's still nice here. It's not crimes or nothing. It's not just terribly out of control and, you know, for the growth that it's having. So right. it's, it's, it's still pretty decent. That is true. Yeah, when did he meet Mandy? Mandy was already in the neighborhood. She had been in the neighborhood for a while as a, as a little girl, as a young lady, dibbling, dabbling, doing her own little things. She was originally up the road from us. Some things was happened to her that my dad didn't really think should happen to her as a young girl. So he did, and my grandparents did allow him to take her in, to just get her away from that scene. My grandmother attempted to reach out to her mother several times, which they interact, and I guess she would come by and see Mandy, but she would always end up back there ever since then. You know, she would always end up. I guess it's after a while of her being there, we just got used to her. It's not like she wasn't a mother figure, but a good friend of the family. You know what I'm saying? My grandma would let anybody stay there who needed somewhere to stay. That wasn't a problem. You needed something to eat. That wasn't a problem. You needed clothes. That wasn't a problem. She would do it. So just about anybody was welcome. So did your father actually have a relationship with her or they just grew up together? Mandy's age was way different than my dad's. He was out there young, doing things I couldn't even imagine probably, even as an adult still today. I guess at first it started off as a friendship I could imagine, and then it turned into what it was. Eventually, that's what it ended up being, a relationship. Did they ever get married? No. No. No strings attached that way? No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. May 11th, 2011, your mm-hmm. father went missing. He did. Actually, um, he was missing for 23 days. i never forget it. I put up flyers every day, even before the police did. I was working two jobs then. I had just got married. It hadn't been long, maybe a couple of years. So, my, Like I said, my dad cooked Sunday dinner, so... The day before my nephew was in and out of the hospital, he was having a little mini, mini seizures. He was like two months old. If he was two months old, and he was back and forth to the hospital a lot. So that day, he came home that Saturday, of course, and that Sunday was Mother's Day. Of course, we would expect Dad to be in the house. He did his thing. He came home every night. There's no skipping his own bed at all. That was strange for him not to be there that Saturday night. And then when Sunday came, it's Mother's Day, we all got up and went to church, no dad. And then we came home, no dinner, no dad. So, oh, something's really wrong. At that point, I automatically knew something was wrong. Mm -hmm. I did. There was no doubt in my mind. So I put out my flyers. I contacted the police. The police contacted my grandfather. At that time, my dad was also supposed to be going to rehab. We were thinking that maybe, you know, maybe he might have went on ahead and didn't tell us that he was going. Because he did say he was going. He had got a job at the town of Irmo. 
he bought his first car. And I was so proud of him. He was working. He wasn't on the drugs. He was good. As far as I knew, I was, you know, looking in at him. I was like, okay. So Mother's Day, he wasn't there. And I said, oh my God. I told my brothers and sisters, I said, something's wrong. Mm-hmm. They said, what do you mean? I said, something's wrong. I don't know what it is. I said, but dad, not to be here any given day at all. Because my grandmother was sick at that time. So he would never miss a day. Never. He mm-hmm. was there. He made sure she had breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So that was scary. Mm-hmm. So how long had he been missing before you called and, re- I don't know if you called and reported it or not, but who? Two days at the max. My grandfather gave it and he called and reported it. And we reported that he could have went to rehab. But then we had the police saying, well, he's, he's an addict. You know, he's a grown man. He's allowed to leave and disappear and not say, you know, where he's going. So that Friday comes, he gets paid and his check hits his account and never touches it. Something's wrong. Mm-hmm. We get back in contact with the police. Of course, they're back asking, you know, have anybody heard from John? No, we haven't heard from him. So we could be telling the places of where he could be. And my brothers start mentioning Mandy. And I was like, what do you mean? And me and my brothers and sisters, we're on the hunt. We're by ourselves sometimes. We're going everywhere we know that he could be. And your brothers brought up Mandy. Mm-hmm. I was wondering, where did she come from? At this time, I hadn't heard that name in years. She had disappeared. It was said that she had went off and got married, and she was in Germany. She wasn't around. I had no idea that she was back. No idea. Germany? Wherever she was and got married. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Like, so they whoa. weren't even together together, together, when this happened, that you know of? That I know of, but it was told to me that, yeah, dad's been there. You know what I'm saying? They, my brothers know, they know a little bit more. You know, this guy talked, they probably mm-hmm. talked to dad. So I, was, I didn't know. I just thought it was better. I, I actually thought that he was putting forth the effort more than ever, and that he was good. Mm-hmm. It was 23 days until he was found. Mm-hmm. We and went to her house. By the time the police got there, she had cleaned the whole place out. She was gone. She was gone from her home? Her home. Wow. She was nowhere to be found. She had scooted. She, nothing. Where'd she go? To her mother's, maybe. And then after that, on to her sister's and... You know, something was wrong, wasn't quite sure what was going on, and I was gone. We went back to some other people that somebody had gave us, told me. They said, Shonda, is someone standing on little mountain? They said, you need to go up there and speak to him. Him and Mandy are really cool, and your dad. So I was like, okay, what are you talking about? So I found out who it was, and I went up there, and I knocked on his door, and I asked him, you know, my sister said, yeah, I know who that is. Let's go to his house. You know, he's a real cool guy. He's not nothing like that. So me and we ride up there, and he comes out, and he talks to my sister, and, you know, they're talking, just having a conversation. And she goes, hey, do you know John? And he says, yeah, I hadn't seen him in a while, though. It was, she was like, well, he's missing. That's my dad. And he just, his whole face, facial expression, 
I'll never forget, it's like he went cold. And he dropped the one knee and he said, that was your daddy. And I said, why you feel like that about it? He was like, oh no, I hadn't seen him in a while. Was this the co-defendant Timothy? No, this was another guy that hung with them. You know, after that, he didn't say anything else. When we went back to the house, he had actually moved too. So I was asking where he was, and obviously it was an altercation between him and his girlfriend, and they had moved out of the, the trailer. And I was like, gosh, that, that was fast after I had asked him. They felt some type of way about it when we asked him that. And you don't, do you, still to this day, you don't know why he felt that way? Mm. Still to this day, I've asked him again, maybe about six months ago. You know, like, this. and I said, that day we came to your house and we asked you about him. I said, well, he said, oh, no, I don't know nothing about him. He walked away, say nothing else. Timothy Carroll, where did he come from? Did you know him before? Uh-uh. No, I didn't. It is wrote up in the media as it was her roommate. That's what he said that. Was it her roommate or was it her boyfriend? Or do we know? Good question. You know, good question. I would say that she was going with my dad and him. You know, she was having some type of relationship with my dad and him and a couple of other guys. I mean, some guys we didn't find out until we went to court that, you know, they said they had an altercation maybe with my dad about her and you know, they was going to support her or whatever. And one of the guys, hey, she even used his truck during this whole incident. So, hmm. So, yeah, so you had never met Timothy before. This was a total stranger to you. Mm-hmm. Who found your father? Was it the police or just random volunteer searchers? Or We would have never thought to search that area. Well, my next question was, how did you Um, search that area? I don't know what happened. Mandy ran. Maybe somebody knew that her and Tim had been together with somebody. Some kind of way he ended up saying something about, first it was, I didn't do it, she did it. I didn't do it, he did it, you know? And then they was in his grandparents' backyard hiding and, oh man, it is so much that happened in just a little short period of time between the both of them and us still looking for my dad and and them doing the most play. It was Tim, I believe, that actually took them to the woods to where he was found. Took the police to the Mm -hmm. scene? Mm -hmm. I can't remember the reason why they had him in questioning what it was that was going on, that some of the things was a big blur. You know, it's like a big dream, mm-hmm. big dream. Do you remember much about the day that he was found? The day that he was found, the day before they came and they asked me and my grandparents and my brothers and sisters for a hair in the mouth swab, that something had been found in the woods. Wasn't quite sure what it was because it had decayed and it had Muslim mass bone. It did not have a head. They wanted to see if it was him. Tell me again where, was it Molly's Rock? Sumter National Park. Sumter National Park. Mm-hmm. That's a ride from here, isn't mm-hmm. it? It is. It's out towards Whitmire Highway. 
And not only that ride there, it was nine miles in the woods. Nine miles in the woods. A place that the police said that a lot of people went out there and partied. The men that went out there and hunted out there in that area would clean their deers there and gut them in that area. But some kind of way, they were saying that people were out there partying. There they was, would go out there. There was an actual road nine miles in there, or mm-hmm. they drug him? Mm-mm. There's actual road. Several roads going out into that national forest. Once you get on the main road, the dirt road, it'll turn into a dirt road. You'll see different roads branch off. You know, take your different areas. I guess that's where hunters go. So, yeah, it was nine miles. And then outside of the nine miles, he was maybe 50. It's a turnaround at the end. Maybe 50 feet in the woods. Man, that is a long way from where we're sitting. Mm-hmm. It is. I can't see how anybody would go out there that far just to party. That in itself is very odd to me as well. I've never heard that. I'm born and raised here, too. So they were trying to get DNA from his bones to match Mm -hmm. the family to prove that it was him. Mm -hmm. Now, you said that it didn't have a head. I was going to ask you the cause of death. It was a shot. Two shots to the chest area. So bad that the coroner couldn't tell us if he died immediately or if he died later. You know, because you don't know if he bled in or bled out. But his head was removed to days later. That's a lot. <laughs> you know, that was before we even found the body. They had did all of this to him, and I guess they were going back and forth in the woods. Just, just nitpicking, you know, with his body. So That's crazy. Mm-hmm. that they would go back to the scene mm-hmm. and pretty ballsy. Mm-hmm. But in 23 days, you're trying to cover your tracks. The police is on your heels. These people really realize, no, this man is missing. You know, the police is out here. and I guess that's what you would do if you were a criminal. <laughs> I couldn't tell you how, to, how they would think. Me neither. I would never have the boss myself to kill somebody, watch somebody die and not give them some type of assistance or any of the above. Mm-mm. So that's just me. Everybody's not the same. Mm-mm. I completely agree. I wouldn't be able to sit there and watch or nothing. Mm-hmm. Do you know who actually pulled the trigger? Was it Mandy or Tim? I don't know. All I know is my dad's dad. Because mm-hmm. there's always fingers being pointed still to this day. So, did they plead guilty? Mandy did to our original charge was, I guess, murder. A couple of years ago, she was granted another trial by the Supreme Courts that allowed her to get manslaughter charges, which lessened her time, but isn't quite, uh, I guess, it's something between the charges being violent and nonviolent. So, you know, she was saying that some things that she told her lawyer and some things that he would have did or if it was explained better, that she wouldn't have got that amount of time, you know. So, yeah, they allowed her to do that. The police was telling us not to talk to the news. We've got the news people sitting at the end of the road. Mm-hmm. They're saying, don't talk to the news, this, this and that. And it was, so we sat back with our mouths shut. We just, just said, you know, just be 
behave like a great family. Just so that's what we did. We don't we didn't have no problems with doing that. We don't discriminate. We don't act a fool. We're not clowns everywhere we go. So that was easy. So and then we were still in shock and we were sad and we were confused and angry. And at that point it's nothing to do but just to sit and comfort each other. Because mm-hmm. that's all we had at that time. It's kind of a hard question to ask and maybe to answer as well. Your father's head, was it ever found? It was. It was found back out at what they call the Crybaby Bridge. I've heard of it, but I've never been there. Supposedly a haunted bridge. You can hear a baby crying or a dog chasing you, whatever the spooky story is behind it. Yeah, it was put in a bag and dropped out there. Like in the water? In the water. During this whole process, you meet a lot of interesting people because I met a whole dive team that I didn't even know that was just in prosperity. You know, nobody needs a dive team. They got to come from prosperity. And those guys got out there and they went down the first time. They didn't find it. And they gave it another shot. And they went down again and it was stuck in some bushes over on the side in the bag and they brought it up. And it was still, by this time, they've got Mandy and Tim and they're just pointing fingers, you know. But during that time, they had did so much to cover it up, not including her running and him handing, giving her a gun for self-defense and then this other guy. And it, it was a lot, you know. And then some parts of it was in the media and people bashed my daddy like because he had a drug habit, he was supposed to die. No. Those people need Jesus. That was a hurting feeling. It was. It's been a few years, mm-hmm. and it never gets easier. It don't. We we go to court every year. For what? Well, you have Tim coming up on parole, you know. He's just about done his time in the next two years or so. I imagine he'll be set free. It's, it's about time for us to go. We usually go around the fair time, which, you know, of course, are a little bit behind. So maybe we'll go in December or January back to a parole hearing with him. We do it every year. You know, we have to go up there and stand in front of a group of people and try to explain in 60 words, maybe, why we think these people should be still locked up. Mm-hmm. So that's a battle, too. And it's a damn shame that you have to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that the death penalty is the right thing because God is the one in control, mm-hmm. but I don't believe they should be let out. I don't understand. And for her getting that manslaughter charge, they should never see the light of day again. Yeah, and then, you know, she was arrested in Greenwood or Greenville. Um, Newberry County did that. They didn't have the right authority to go and do that. Our lawyers, they were good lawyers. I mean, they listened to what we had, but they didn't put forth. I didn't feel the effort as, this is my father. Not just, oh, this is a court-appointed case. You know, that's how I felt about it. When it all turned around and everything came back out again and how she got this new manslaughter charge and what all had happened, it fell back on Newberry County a lot. It did. We didn't get an apology for that. Because of their mistakes? Yeah, because of all of the mistakes that were made. They were good because they were trying to catch her. They knew she was on the run. You know what I'm saying? I can't fault them. They did what they had to do to catch her. But some of the things wasn't done right. And that set us back in the long run. Mm -hmm. 
You know, she didn't already didn't get 40 years. What was 40 years of my dad's life? You still get visitation. You still get meals. You know, mm-hmm. you still get all of that. I don't get to see my dad ever again. Mm-hmm. He didn't get a visitation. The only visitation I get is to his grave. We didn't even have a full body to put in the grave. What we had left over had to be cremated during the memorial. Like, no, that wasn't right. We welcome you into our home. I think, too, before she disappeared, we would look for dad. Mandy would call and say, have you seen dad yet? No, she didn't. She did it twice. I answered the phone. And you know, at that time, that's before we knew maybe it was her, you know what I'm saying? That was when I was just coming in the scene and knowing that she was back around. She did that. and. I think about that a lot, too, because I I feel, why did you do that? I mean, we went through a lot. The story is so long, it's not even enough time to tell it. I mean, of all the twists and turns and what we went through then and still. You know, we were all tight-knit family. We were close. We were all married. Just about all of us are divorced. We barely talk to each other. My grandmother was sick then. She took a turn for the worse. It wasn't long before she was gone, you know. It was a lot. It was a lot. Sorry. Okay. (laughs) It happens. It happens to me a lot. I You ain't even met me before. Look at this. (laughs) (laughs) I had my brothers, they took a lot, you know. One of my brothers wanted to kill himself. He was working, he just he was real close with dad. He just couldn't believe it. It was just crazy for all four of us. And he's got grandkids that he doesn't even know. He knows my oldest niece. You know, she was maybe four or five, you know, just old enough to remember her papa. Uh-huh. But the other two weren't. They don't even know their grandfather. They'll never know. Right. And if they're ever released, I still have to think, well, my nieces and nephews still have to see them somewhere mm. eventually. Tim family has money. They own barbecue place up there. I'm not sure if you are very religious or not. Mm-hmm. Have you found in your heart any forgiveness yet? It's a hard question. No. I'd say that one day I probably would. I haven't found them the forgiveness that I need to give for them, but I don't wish them no harm. Mm. And it doesn't bother me that they're alive. I hope they think about it. Mm-hmm. I hope that it's on their mind. And I hope my dad's hunting the hell out of them. I hope so. I hope they think about it. And I don't wish any other harm to them. I don't. Mm-hmm. But I don't forgive. And I don't forget. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I probably will one day. I pray about it. It's hard, and, and nobody can judge you for it, because until they're in those shoes, forgiveness can be hard. Mm-hmm. On the daily basis, when someone backs into your car that mm-hmm. you just got and paid all this money for and worked hard for, you know, and, and, and you're mad, <laughs> forgiveness can be a hard thing. And for something so big, you know, nobody can fault you for that, mm-hmm. and hopefully you will find it. But boy, I hope I will too. I'm not angry. I'm just, I'm just not willing to forgive yet because I'm still going through it every year. We still go through it, and I just 
feel like we shouldn't have to go through this. They should just take their time and just do it. They only got 40 years and 20 years, you know, just, and it confuses me and it frustrates me and it upsets me. And I, maybe that's why I can't forgive and forget, but. Well, it's definitely not fair, in my opinion, they get to walk again. Is there a chance that when you go back to court every year, you can do something to keep them in jail? Or they're eventually going to get out? They're eventually going to get out. And then we have two murderers Mm -hmm. back in our town. But, hey, the state of South Carolina said they're not really a threat to the community. Tim is a law-abiding citizen. His parents are law-abiding citizens. They pay their taxes on time. You know, they've had no other altercations. He's never had no other altercations with the law, with police. She's limited to the law. She doesn't have as much money as he does, so that's a judgment, too. They're playing that to be a record. She's poor. He's got money. I guess we sit in the middle. I'm not really sure how that works, but hey. He's a law-abiding citizen, but he murdered someone. He's a law-abiding citizen to the people because maybe he hasn't been caught for other things he's done. He got charged with desecrating of the head, which means cutting off my dad's head, and with the gun. She got a murder charge. They wasn't co-defenders, but some kind of way they couldn't catch have the same charge. So that's how it was broken down. That is so confusing. So they couldn't have the same charge. She got the murder charge, but it was lessened to manslaughter. Mm -hmm. Have you ever spoken to her at all since? Mm Mm-mm. I'm not quite sure if I know what to say. I I don't think, I don't know what to say. I don't know if I'd know (laughs) what to say either. Don't feel bad. Well, I'm completely lost for words for her. So, these are his charges. I don't know. Maybe you can tap on it and blow it up. Destruction, desecration of removal of human remains. Okay, so he got charged with cutting off his head and providing a weapon to her. So. Accessory after the fact to a felony A, B, C, or murder. I don't understand that language. (laughs) But okay. So accessory to the fact is we cut off the head and then he was the one who threw it in the water, and then he was the one that maybe we don't know who provided a weapon because it says that he didn't pull the trigger, but then she says that she didn't pull the trigger, but he was shot twice. Give them both the charge. I couldn't do it. Did he admit that he was the one that desecrated the head? He just took what they gave him. We went to court with her for three days in Newberry County. It was humiliating there, too. We had our shirts on with our dad's name. Her family said something about it. The judge made us go change our shirts, told us that if we wore them back in the courtroom, we were not allowed in there with my dad's face on it. We all had 15 minutes to go to Walmart to find us a shirt or something to put on. We were told to sit there with our mouth shut and just listen to what the judge and the lawyers had to say. Decent family, y'all behave while they were still allowed to say and mumble little things. It was humiliating in there, man. Three days. 
Three days out, 62 people. I asked everybody in the world, seemed like we would never know. 60-something people came forward, said they saw my dad that day or they saw Mandy and my dad that day or something, you know, had happened. This one guy got into the whole story that she had attempted to get my dad in the car earlier that day. He refused to go. He got in the car with someone else and that car was picked up. And I mean, gosh, it goes on and on and on. And some of those people we've been knowing for a long time and got in court and told them that they would know Mandy before they knew us. That we would be somebody just likely they'd pass by in the grocery store to say hello to. Some of these people we thought were friends because they sold drugs. I never would have thought that would have went that way. It's crazy how people turn. Mm-hmm. It is. And it was mm. an experience. It really was. I'll never forget it. It's a blur, but the things that I remember, I'll never forget. Right. For sure. Do you have children? Mm-mm. No children? No children. My baby brother has a baby on the way in December. My middle brother has one girl. She's six. My sister has two, one boy, one girl. I'm auntie. I've got enough. I've got Christmas, birthdays, all the regular holidays with them. I just, hey, I'm running about the same. I love kids. I just never had the opportunity to have any. I was young like everybody else. I got married when I was young. I got divorced. I got wild a little bit and then decided I was going <laughs> to sit down and go back to school. And so, you know, I've changed tremendously, thank the Lord, from what I used to be. So I'm thankful for that. Yeah, and nothing wrong with that. Lord, children are expensive, mm-hmm. and this world that we are living in now, oh, she always wonders why she doesn't have a brother or sister. Why'd you only have just me, one child? Because, honey. Yeah, get your cousins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got cousins. You got friends. You're fine. <laughs> promise. I promise. You're, you're going to be fine. It was good talking to you. I know it was very hard, and I appreciate it. Hey, Mandy, how are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? Doing good. You been doing okay? Yeah, I've been doing all right. Awesome. Tell me where you're from and where you're born and raised. I was born in Oconee County, but I was raised in Chapin, South Carolina. Did you go to Chapin High School? Yeah. All right. What year did you graduate? I didn't graduate. I ended up quitting. Um, I got my GED here in prison. Okay, good for you. Congratulations. That's good. Thanks. What can you tell me about Mr. John Henry? Let's see. I met him when I was 14. So you were young when you met him? Yes, I was very young. I lost my virginity to him. He was my one true love, I guess you could say. I went with his family from 14 to 19. After that, me and him stayed in contact over the years. You lived with him. He was from Chapin as well? Yes. Okay. Did you have any brothers and sisters growing up? Yeah, there's five of us. I have an older brother and sister and a younger brother and sister. Oh, so you're right in the middle, huh? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how did you meet Tim? 
Um, I met him online, and we became really good friends. He was my best friend. Did y'all ever live together? No. No. What happened to lead up to the incident with Mr. John? I don't really know. I didn't know anything about what was going to happen until it happened. So there really wasn't anything leading up to it. Were you just kind of there? You weren't the one that pulled the trigger or anything? No, I was not. I got you. It's kind of a hard question to ask because I don't want to offend anybody. By chance, are you a Christian? Yes, I am. Awesome. Have you found in your heart to ask for forgiveness? Um, yes, I have. Even though I didn't pull the trigger and I didn't have anything to do with John being killed, if it wasn't for me, he would never, he would never die because Tim and John would have never known each other. If it would have been for me. I got you. So I take full responsibility. Have you ever spoken to any of his family since that incident? After it happened, and I was in county, I talked to his mom a couple times. But she passed away now. I mean, I haven't talked to any of his family since then. And you don't currently have anything to do, talk to Tim anymore? No, not at all. It was Tim the one who did all of that? No. Um, he took me back there at gunpoint and made me do it. I know that you know if you're a Christian and you have asked God for forgiveness, he's a mighty good, strong man, and you're going to be okay. You don't have too much longer in there, do you? Like 11 years, I think. I try not to think about it. I understand. How old will you be when you get out? I'll be almost 60. Can you tell me what it's like in prison? It's hard because it's not a good place. I've done everything I possibly can to better myself for something in here. I got my GED. I'm a peer support specialist now, which means I'm a drug and alcohol counselor. I'm on the honor building. So I do a lot of arts and crafts. I crochet. I, we do a lot of things for the homeless and meals on wheels and garden items and stuff like that. I firmly believe that I wasn't going to waste my time in prison because evidently God sent me here for a reason. Do you think you'd be able to get out early on good behavior? No. No, I'm 85 percent. They don't have good behavior. Okay. What's it like there? Do you actually make friends? Do you have a roommate, a cellmate, or anything? Yeah, I have a roommate. She's really nice. As far as friends, not so many. I pretty much hang to myself. Are people pretty mean there? Yes. Because mm. this is not a nice place. <laughs> I, I don't you. recommend it for anybody. Do you have any hobbies? Do you like to read or just work on your crochet or what's that? Yeah, I read a lot and crochet and kind of stuff. I actually don't know how to crochet. I'd love to learn. <laughs> I've got some. I've got some beautiful pieces, but I don't know how to do it. I love to crochet. I can make about anything. That's awesome.
do you ever get to go out outside? Yeah, we have rink usually once a day. I don't go outside much. <laughs> Are you in Greenwood? Yeah. Okay. It shouldn't be too different there because I'm in Chapin, so it's really pretty if you get a chance today to go outside. It's actually really nice. I haven't been out there a whole lot, but it is. It's really nice. <laughs> if you could share one thing yeah. with the family, would you like to say anything? That I'm sorry. I'm sorry it happened. I'm sorry I lost. They lost John. I'm sorry. There's no doubt everyone loves true crime podcasts these days. And there's a new podcast that you will want to add to your playlist. Murder Mondays. Host Nicole Simmons travels and interviews victims and families of murderers in South Carolina. She's a small town girl who's a wife and business owner. And Murder Mondays is a passion project for her. She brings you the facts and personal stories of the people affected by the most heinous crimes in South Carolina. If you enjoy true crime podcast, Murder Mondays is for you. Murder Mondays with your host, Nicole Cole Simmons, available on Anchor, Apple Podcast, Spotify, and other podcast players. Add Murder Mondays with Nicole Simmons to your playlist right now.